Lord, your spirit be with us. Thy i 
St. Luke, St. Luke chapter 15. St. <clears throat> Luke chapter 15. Again, our reading with verse 11. These are the words, very familiar words you find. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the young of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance on riotous living. Amen. I, I want to talk this morning from this subject. I want to talk about fatherhood as presented by Jesus. Fatherhood as presented by Jesus. Now... Every preacher who preaches on a regular basis struggles with special day sermons. 
And the reason why we struggle, and I've learned not to struggle anymore because no matter how much you look, there's no new words. We are, we are confined to preach what's already written. I could think of all kind of creative things I could do if I could get out of this book. <clears throat> but the truth of the matter is I am bound by what is written in this book. So I stand to tell just a little bit more of the same old story. Same old story about Jesus and his love. Fatherhood <clears throat> as presented by Jesus. As horrible as it is for someone not to believe in God, I believe that it's worse for a person to have an erroneous concept of God. There are many religions, there are many religions in the world that present many different pictures of God, and most of them contain at least a glimmer of truth. But we must be careful because although they may contain a glimmer of truth, we've got to remember that even a clock that does not work is right twice a day. In the Christian religion, our concept of God is shaped by our belief and knowledge of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Matthew 1.23 calls him Emmanuel, God with us. John 1.14 tells us that God was made flesh and dwelt among us, we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and glory. One of the great conflicts that the world had with Jesus, one of the great problems that the world had with Jesus is that although he claimed to be the Son of God, he associated with too many of the wrong people. Are y'all hearing this? In this passage, the Pharisees and scribes are murmuring and they're saying, this man receives sinners and he even eats with them. Their concept of God, their concept was of God was all messed up in their minds. If he had any connection with God at all, he ought to be untouchable. Are y'all hearing this? If he did have any association with men, uh, yeah, first of all, he ought to be untouchable, but even if he associated with men, surely he would hang around with religious folk. Surely he would be around with religious authorities and certainly not be hanging around with sinners. So Jesus here in the text gives them a glimpse of what God is really like. 
First, in verse 4, he likens God to a shepherd. Who, 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 and, and the gist of this story is that he is a shepherd who even cares for wandering sheep. You remember the story? He left the 99 and went looking for the one. And that says that the shepherd says that every sheep is important. The second one, the second parable that he spoke, and somehow, most of the time we overlook this parable in verse 8. He likens God to a woman who loses one of her ten coins. And the gist of the story is she did not stop until she found that one coin. But by far, seems like the story, the parable that, 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 that resonates with most of us is that third story. The one we hear more about is that story about a father and his two sons. <clears throat> isn't it flattering, my brothers and my sisters, isn't it flattering that Jesus uses fatherhood in a parable to help the world get a better understanding of God? Isn't that flattering? Isn't it flattering that Jesus would use fatherhood to help all of us understand better who God is? But although it's flattering, I believe at the same time, this teaching about God can give us, a, it gives us a clearer view of fatherhood. You get it now, out of, out of all the teaching tools that God has, out of all the teaching tools he has at his disposals, he chooses fatherhood to explain the relationship that he has with mankind. But while it might be flattering, I believe that God uses this example at great risk. Why? Why is this risky? Why is it risky? Well, what could possibly go wrong with that example, what would be, could go wrong with God using fatherhood as his example? Well, think about it. Think about it. If my view of God is shaped by the way I view my father, are y'all hearing me? If my view of God is shaped by the way I view my father, then... If I view my father is if my view of my father is messed up, then my view of God is sort of messed up. If my view of my father is sort of vague and yeah and and, and, and my view of my father is sort of clouded, then my view of God becomes sort of vague. And cloudy. Fathers, do you see how important it is? How important it is for, for you to be in place? And you see how important it is for you to do your best to be faithful as a father? Now, when we read the story, you tend to think of that story, you think of it, and when we read it, you think that this story is all about that boy 
But when you really look at it in its context, the story ain't about the boy. Story is about the father. Are y'all hearing me? So not only can we learn a lesson about God, but we can also get a glimpse of what fatherhood should look like right out of the mouth of Jesus. Let's just look. Look at the gist of the story. First of all, <clears throat> first of all, we see a father that has established discipline in his home. Look at it close. Here is a father that has established different di discipline in his home. In other words, here is a father that has set boundaries for his house. And that's one thing that Daddy, you, you need to do. You need to learn how to set some boundaries. I know you live in a day when that's not that that, that that's really not a, a popular view because your children go to school with children who can do anything. But but you have to set boundaries for you. Yeah, somebody got to be able to stand up and say, "As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." So here's a father that has set boundaries for his house. And because of that, because this daddy had boundaries for his house, his son, who had his own agenda, knew that this agenda ain't going to fly in daddy's house. Are y'all hearing this right here in the book? I got some stuff I want to do. But I know that that dog won't hunt in daddy's house. Are oh, y'all hearing me? He's feeling his oats, he's smelling his water, but he's got sense enough to know that I can't do it here in daddy's house. And according to the story, you go, you read it and get all the details, but the bottom line is because he knew he couldn't do it in his daddy's house, he got his stuff and left got his stuff, and got out of there. Give me my portion. We, we, that's another sermon. He said to his daddy, give me my portion. And the Bible says his father gave it to him. He left. Are y'all hearing me? And you, you got to respect that. You got to, you know, you, 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 when you read it, pick it. He got his stuff, and he left his daddy's house. You got to respect that. He wanted to do his own thing. And he knew he couldn't do it in daddy's house. So he got his stuff and he left. I'm trying to drive a point here. You got to respect that. I know daddy got rules in this house. And I know I can't do what I want to do in this house. So he got his stuff and he left daddy's house big problem I see now is they want to do what they want to do but they won't leave uh, won't live like they want to live do their own thing but they want to do it in your house but this boy said I know I can't do it here got his stuff and left you don't want to do what daddy said get your own house you do what 
you are uh, hearing this. Here's a father who, although he regrets your rebellion, he regrets watching his son leave, he loves you enough to allow you to walk off. Are y'all hearing me? Here is a father who loves you enough to allow you to walk. Look at it. He gave him his stuff and let him leave the house with his stuff. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? Did you know that in spite of God's love for you, in spite of the fact that he regrets your rebellion, did you know that he loved you enough to let you walk away from him? Are y'all hearing this? In spite of the fact that he loves you with everything he has, he loves you enough to let you walk off from him. If you are bound and determined to do something as foolish as walking away from God, he won't stop you. Are y'all hearing this? That's why some, some, some folk are in the midst of end right now. Some folk are in the midst of end right now because you decided not to listen to him and he didn't make you listen. I wonder if I got a witness in this house. He will never leave you. But out of sheer love, he will allow you to leave him. Write that down. He will never leave you. But out of sheer love, he will allow you to leave him. But it's amazing that when he came to himself, boy went out there, living it up, fooled around, wasted everything he had. But it's amazing that when he came to himself, the first thing that came to his mind was his father. It's right here in the book. First thing that came to his mind was his father. Look at verse 17. When he came to himself, he said, my father has servants who are better off than I am. My father has servants who are better off than I am. And look at me. Here I am out here starving. When he came to himself, he thought about his daddy. Get this now. This is the same daddy that he walked away from. This is the same daddy that he thought didn't have good sense. He is the same daddy whose values he could not appreciate. But the first thing that came to his mind when he hit hard times was his daddy. You read it when you get home, but he came back to his father. He says, I'm going to get up, go back to my father. He came back to his father and watch this. When he came back to his father, his father was waiting and watching at the side of the road. When he came back, when he finally got out there and bumped his head hard enough and headed back, the same father that he had disrespected, the same father that he 
could not stand his values. But the first thing that came to his mind was his father. He came back to that father, and according to the word of God, his father was waiting on him. Standing on the side of the road, watching him. Watch this now. This father had made a calculated decision that that boy ain't going to find nothing out there that's better than what I got for him here. Yeah, that's why he was out there waiting on him. He knew. Yeah, sometimes you just got to let somebody bump their head. He knew all the time, ain't nothing out there. He knew all the time. So he stood there and waited because he knew that sooner or later, the boy was going to learn that there's nothing out there that the world has to offer that's better than what I got for him right here. So I'm going to keep my eye out for him. I'm going to stand here and wait on him because I know he'll be back. And his calculation was right. His calculation was right. When the boy hit hard times, his first thought was his daddy. And here it is. In spite of the boy's rebellion, in spite of the boy's disrespect, that father had handled him in such a way that he had not destroyed his witness with that boy. Write that down. He had handled this boy in such a way that he had not destroyed his witness with this boy. In spite of the fact that the boy had disrespected him, had rebelled against his father, he still saw his father as a kind and compassionate man. Your children, my brothers, our children, ought to know us just that well. Our children ought to know us that, they, that, 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 that they, they ought to know that I love you enough to let you walk away but I also love you enough to eagerly wait your return. I just said something right now. I love you enough to let you walk off, but I love you enough to hold my arms out and wait on you to come back home. But another thing I want to point out to you is a father who will run out to meet you in your wrong self. A father who will run out to meet you when you finally come to yourself. Are y'all hearing this? This is, this is deep here. This is, here is a father. This boy has mistreated. He has, he, has, he, has, he has walked away in rebellion. But here is a father who loved him enough that when he made up his mind to come home, he didn't wait for him to get back to the house. Ran out to meet him. Let me show you what pure love looks like. He ran out to meet him. Not one word of rebuke. Not what did you do with my money. Not where you been. Are y'all hearing me? 
Not here you come back here. Come on in. But this is the way it's going to be. None of that. But let me show you one more thing. Jesus teaches us about fatherhood. Not only does he set boundaries. Not only does he love you enough to let you walk off. Not only does he eagerly await your return. Not only does he run out to meet you. But here is a father who will celebrate you when you finally get it together. It's right there in the book. Here is a father who will celebrate you when you finally get it together. Verse 22, 23, put a robe on him. Put shoes on his feet. Kill the fatty calf. It's time for a celebration because my son, which was dead, is now alive. Every child needs a father like that. Every child needs a father like that. Daddy, you are your child's first shot at understanding and building a relationship with God. Let me say it one more time. Daddy, you are your child's first shot at understanding and building a relationship with God, don't mess it up. You're not God, but you ought to model God's love. You ought to model it to the point that when I stand here week after week talking about the love of God, while I'm talking about how much God loves us, your children ought to be sitting there saying, that sounds like somebody I know. When I sit here and when I'm talking about uh, uh, the love of God, your children ought to, uh, ought to be feeling some kind of way saying, you know what, my daddy is sort of like that. Love me enough to let me make my mistakes. Love me, love me so much that I, I, that I can never forget his kindness. He loved me enough to wait on me and come meet me when I finally got my act together. That's a father's love. He even loved me enough to celebrate me and give me a brand new start. Somebody ought to shout. Love me enough to celebrate me and give me a brand new, are y'all hearing me? A love that can help me, and when I see that kind of love, yeah, it's a love that can help me understand the love of God. Are y'all hearing me? I ought to be able to look at daddy's love, and ought to help me understand a love that is so great that it would give up a supreme sacrifice. Daddy's life ought to give me a view of a love that is so great that even while I was a sinner, wonder if I got a witness in the house, even while I was a sinner, God gave his son to die in my place. I ought to be able to look at every father. I ought to be able to look at fatherhood and see a love that's so great that uh, he will lay down his life. Lay down his life for his friend. I don't know about anybody else, but I thank God for that kind of love. 
I thank God every day, dear God, and I thank uh, God uh, for allowing me to witness it. And now I thank God for the opportunity to try to show a dying world the kind of love that a father ought to have. He showed us when he went to Calvary, when he bled, suffered, and died. Laid him in a borrowed tomb but early Sunday morning. Got up with all power in his hands. This is fatherhood. Fatherhood presented by Jesus. And I challenge every father in the house today. Challenge every father in the house today. Join me. We're not there. But we're working on it. We've made so many mistakes. We've made so many errors. But we're working on it. And I found out that what we don't do, we don't try to change the standard. We're just working toward the standard. And I thank God. I thank God. That he's been patient with me. He's been patient with me as I've tried to learn this thing. Children, your dad is not perfect. But he's your, he's your daddy. God has assigned him the responsibility of loving you. The responsibility of being responsible for your life. And today you ought to honor him. You ought to honor him and you ought to always thank God for how he has blessed you in this life. The word of God is clear. You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing his word. May we stand to our feet. It sounds like music in my ear. The sweetest name on earth. Come on, let's lift up our voices. Oh, the doors of the church are open. And we extend Jesus to you this morning. Oh, how I because he first loved me. It tells me a tale A Savior's love Who died to set me free It tells me of His precious love The sinner's Oh, oh, oh. 
the book of Matthew, it says that if ye being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, then your father in heaven know how to give good gifts to you. And today is Father's Day. And even though some of us may have all of our different experiences with our father, there is a father in heaven. You know what? He loved you so much, so much that he gave his only. When was the last time you gave something that was your only? He gave you your only. I have one son. And I can't even say today that I would give my only son. But God loved you so much. Oh God, he loved you so much that he gave you his only son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Today, his only son is standing with his arms open wide. He died that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, today is the day. That's how much he loved you. He first loved you. And you know what? He wants you to have life. You know what? We use this term of get a life. You all ever use this term? You tell your children, your children tell you sometimes you need to get a life. What pastor said this morning is you need to get a life. And the only life there is, is a life in Christ Jesus. So this morning, I challenge you, I charge you, I encourage you to get a life. That life that is in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for the man of God. We thank you for Pastor Hayne who has poured out his heart. And God, we thank you for a father in heaven that looks down on us and see us and see our very need that he sent his only son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life so father i pray that someone that is under the sound of my voice that the spirit of god will arrest him wherever he finds himself, whether he's in the kitchen, whether he's in his car driving, wherever he finds himself, wherever they find themselves, that they will say, I want life, and I want the abundant life, so that when Jesus returns, I'll go back with him. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. decision to make Jesus your choice it is still our hope that even from home even from home you will reach out to the church office and let us know about your decision and if uh, this is not your home if this is not the church you desire you're saved you need to be in a church somewhere we'll get you into a church you need to be somewhere where you can serve where you can carry out the spirit 
of this covenant. Uh, thank you so much. It's so, looking so much better every day. It's so good to see faces. So good to see faces in the house. And we are grateful to God for what he is doing. And we thank God for how he is doing it. And we thank you for your obedience. Uh, you've been very patient and obedient in our trying to be safe. And that's all we're trying to do. We're trying to do this and do it safely. And as we move forward, uh, the more we see, the more we, we see others and the more we see progress and see our success, we'll open up more and more. But just be, bear with us while we try to keep you safe. Uh, just in the way of information, uh, Thursday, June 24th, uh, there will be a distribution of, of produce, of food boxes here at the church. That's June 24th, beginning at 10.30. And everybody in the community is welcome. So we're just invite, inviting, you, if you have neighbors, if you have others, if there are others who you know of who are in need, please share with them that there will be food, a food giveaway here Thursday, June 24th, uh, beginning at 10, <coughs> 10.30. Uh, on this coming Saturday uh, at 1 o'clock, uh, there will be, now did I get that, uh, Reverend Atkinson? Is it 1 or is it 11? It's 1 o'clock. Uh, at 1 o'clock this coming Saturday, please check in with the office to make sure that I'm right. But this coming Saturday at 1, uh, the funeral service for Jeremy Walton, Jeremy Walton, and uh, we're going to, <clears throat> while we all love and we all share in each other's grief, during this time we all sort of have to yield space to families. And so just be in prayer with them, and let's try to call and make contact with, with that family. At the end of the service, at the end of the service, uh, we will have, and uh, I'll ask you please this, um, to continue, and thank you so much for your stewardship. Uh, you've been very, very faithful, very, very faithful in giving. And I want to thank you for that, and uh, we will continue receiving offerings like that. It seems like that works so much better for everybody. So we'll continue to do that. But if for today, if you're here and you have your offering with you, there'll be receptacles on the way out. We do ask that everybody will leave from this door, from this door, and there will be receptacles there. If you want to leave your offering, uh, you can do that. Uh, we are asking, and again, just a safety measure, when the benediction is over, we love the fellowship and we're seeing people haven't seen in a long time. But let's just ask that after the benediction, we would just all go outside. We'll fellowship outside. Amen. We'll just do our fellowship outside. So it's, when we do the benediction, let's all just go outside. It'll be much safer to fellowship in, in the parking lot. We prepare ourselves now for our observance of the Lord's Supper.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Father God, we thank you for the spirit of worship that's in this place. Father God, we thank you for your holy presence, Father God, with us all the time, even now, Father God. And Father God, we thank you, Father God, for this hour that we have approached, Father God, whereby, Father God, we remember what Jesus did on Calvary's cross. Father God, that you, the gift that you gave us, Father God, through the sacrifice of thine only begotten Son, Father God, that we might have life. Father God, we realize that he died on Calvary's cross, Father God. He, he shed his blood, Father God. They didn't take his life, Father God, but he sacrificed his life, Father God, for a friend. And that friend is those who would, be, who would believe upon him. And we do, Lord God. Now, we thank you, Father God, for... The fact, Father God, that you have told us in your word that we that he told us in the word that we ought to remember him, that we must remember what he did for our sake. And Father God, we come at this hour doing just that. Lord God, we couldn't save ourselves, Father God, but it took a savior to come down from heaven, Father God, to, to, to sacrifice his life for us. And we just thank you. Father God, we just pray that you would ever help us to remember what Jesus has done for us. We thank you for your gift, Lord God. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
given for you. Take, eat. After which he took the cup. Says this is the New Testament. New covenant in my blood. Take, drink you all of it. And as often as you do this, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. We thank God for this wonderful time of remembrance. And especially in times like these. Back when I was a child, I don't sing it anymore. But it seems like it's truer now than it ever has been. They used to sing a song that said, maybe the last time. I don't know. <laughs> this may be the last time. I, I don't know. And we live in a day 
And that is more true now than it has ever been. We thank God for each one of you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your continued love of God and for your continued love of this church. Again, once the benediction is over, we will go out on the outside and we'll do our fellowship on the outside. This may be the last time, may be the last time, I don't know, this may be the last time, this may sing together it may be the last time oh maybe the last time we ever walk together may be the last time I don't prayer was Reverend Bush. Reverend Bush is going into surgery on Friday and uh, wants to make sure that the whole church, we're all calling his name. I know that God has this, but we all want to just call his name as he goes. Amen. God be with you till we meet again.
for today. Uh, it's over on the, on the table over there. So please just pick up a couple copies on the way. If you have a donation, leave it. If not, just get some and pass them out in your neighborhood. We can't afford that. We just don't want these to be laying around. We want to make sure that we hand them out. So just stop and grab some, give them to your neighbors and your coworkers. Amen. Now may the grace of God, sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us now, henceforth, and forevermore. Let us all say. Amen. There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal via the Givelify app by mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048, or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.